0: The game of the week in the Pac-12, unquestionably unbeaten UCLA hosting the perennial favorite this season, the Utah Utes. How does that game play out? What to watch for? Let's go.
1: Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12 I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching on YouTube of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions, which is why, if you haven't already, please like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching this show. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, or if you think it's a four-star show, that's okay. I like four- and five-star recruits, so I'm I'm fine being either one, but those help as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. J.T. still, host of Locked on Utes, joining me today to talk about what is probably the biggest test for Utah in conference play, so far, being that it's on the road, not the most hostile road environment, but JT or Utes have an opportunity to to really cement their claim as, as the team that is still the favorite in the Pac-12, and they're playing a UCLA team that has won, I believe, eight straight games go- dating back to uh, last year, so it's a red-hot Bruins team, and they're playing with a lot of confidence.
1: Yeah, this is a really fun game. I mean, you look at the past. Utah's is- pretty much dominated ucla over the past few seasons but this ucla team this swagger they're playing with right now dtr coming off a phenomenal game in which he had basically not one but like two heisman of the week moments i know people joke about <laughs> september uh, yeah. heisman like that was dtr's performance last week against a guy who already kind of won that september heisman as well and talk about michael Penix, and you get guys like charbonnet played fantastic as well bobo coming alive on the outside defense creating a couple turnovers as well this is a ucla team that's feeling good right now and it's going to be a fun game because this is a utah team that. That even though they've been doing well lately, there's still disappointing things about this Utah team not being able to get first downs and third and short against Arizona State a few times, I think frustrated a lot of Utah fans. and It's what led has led to people being like, and getting behind the chains a lot on like sec, being second and nine instead of like second and five has led to Utah fans saying, well, we're struggling to run the ball, and there's different things that go into that for this Utah team, but overall it's just a Utah team that's not satisfied with where they're at either, so I don't think they're going to be resting on their morals and thinking like, oh, we've owned this rivalry versus UCLA over the past couple Couple of years and i know for one cam rising and these guys are really excited to get out to pasadena because they still view that rose bowl as a fail because they lost it
0: chip kelly has never beaten utah he is zero four uh against the utes and it has been a matchup that's consisted of a lot of blowouts since chip kelly has been there kyle whittingham ha- has has really owned the bruins uh during during chip's time as ucla's head coach but This matchup to me feels different, JT. It wasn't a close game last year in Salt Lake City. DTR didn't play in that game, and we see the sort of player he is with his legs and how effective he is throwing the football. He looked sensational a week ago against Washington. It'll be a tougher defense through the air in in, in Utah this week to be sure, as we'll get to, but I feel like Utah fans are not going into this one, correct me if I'm wrong, feeling like, oh, well, this is a team that we own. This is a team we dominate. Those UCLA teams feel a lot different from from what this one presents.
1: They do, and I've actually had people already commenting on some of the videos about how, yep, this is the one we're going to lose, so you know, they're always going to have those downer fans that think this isn't the one, and I've said it before, too. This is one absolutely Utah can lose. It feels different than years past. Like you mentioned, last year's game was a 20-point game. DTR has played the Utes before. Back when he was a sophomore, UCLA got absolutely blitzed, and that was in 2019 when this Utah team was, I believe, the seventh-ranked team in the country at that point, Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss. In that game, DTR turned the ball over four times, and UCLA lost, and Rice Eccles, 49 to three in that one as well and then if you look at the previous two games before that they were 31 point games as well so it's an average margin of victory of 27 since the last time ucla beat utah and but this like you mentioned this team this time it does feel different and it feels like this utah team knows that and they're not taking this ucla team lightly Coach Whittingham was already talking about how much he respects DTR and thinks Chip Kelly has done a really good job helping him along with his game as well as the personal investment that DTR has put into himself to grow and get better. And I think it's going to be a really fun one because of those reasons. And it's going to be interesting to see if Utah can go in and continue to beat this UCLA team or if UCLA can get one of the biggest wins in their recent program history.
0: Yeah, and they're coming off arguably their biggest win. May, I think LSU w- was more significant because it was a team from the SEC, but right behind it is that win against Washington a week ago where they didn't just beat the Huskies. Final score, 40-32, to 32, yes, but anyone who watched the game knows it wasn't that close. For, for three quarters, it was 40-16, to and Washington, to their credit, made a late surge and made it interesting, and UCLA needed TTR to convert a third and six, which he did. And the energy and fire that he plays with is hard hard to root against. I mean, it's hard to not watch that guy play and go, man, he, he loves football. He He just loves playing football, and he also happens to be pretty good at it and is a much different player than when he first took the field against the Utes many years ago. He's not as turnover prone, much more refined as a passer. I thought he had a lot of really good plays from the pocket a week ago against Washington, which is a huge sign of growth for him because his best plays have always come outside the pocket, whether it's throwing on the move or just straight up running. And he can still do that. He is as Mm -hmm. dynamic of an athlete as the Pac-12 has at the quarterback position, but he's probably the best all around athlete. I think Caleb Williams has that shiftiness the way Caleb he Myers does but hurtling
1: anyone like DTR. no,
0: Caleb Williams is not jumping over defensive backs and I think straight line speed DTR has probably got the edge there as well so he is a dynamic athlete in that sense and Utah certainly knows that what do the Utes need to do defensively JT to contain Dorian Thompson Robinson because he's such a multifaceted player
1: One thing that's definitely not going to hold in this game is Utah has been holding teams to 150 passing yards. That is going to break this game. I feel like you look at the guys on the outside, especially this is such a jump in quarterback play. Even Anthony Richardson, as well as he played against the Utes, it was most of it. He got done with his legs on the ground. He only threw for like 160 yards. I think that's going to change this game. I think we'll have success through the air, but just like you said, trying to contain him on the ground. The thing I'm most interested in is kind of that read option with him and Charbonnet. It's something that the Utes have struggled to defend this year against some of the more athletic quarterbacks, especially that first week against Anthony Richardson. And Coach Whittingham actually talked about one of the like in preparing for a running quarterback. And Richardson is a very different running quarterback than DTR as well. Richardson, more the kind of guy, if you get your hands on him, he can push you off and kind of break a tackle from there. Versus DTR is the guy who can go over and around you. And then when you get your hands on him, he's less likely to break that tackle. But it is so hard to get your hands on him. So I think they're going to really test Utah's young defensive ends, whether that's Connor O'Toole, Jonah Ellis as well, even Van Fillinger a couple times. Although I think it, you definitely want to try to test some of those younger guys. This could be a game where we see a lot of Gabe breed as well. You get a gay breed a veteran guy from Stanford on the edge across from Van Fillinger as well. I also, I think we're still going to see Cole Bishop playing inside the box a lot. He's just been such a phenomenal player this year. And he, he, look, he's great in the back end as well, but it just feels like he makes the biggest impact for this Utah defense, leads them in tackles for a reason as he's been so close to the line of scrimmage. And I expect him to be up there trying to stay and contain this UCLA run game still, because when you have two guys who are two of the best runners of the football in the Pac-12, regardless of the you have to divert a lot of attention to that so and this is a really good secondary still there's a reason they've hold teams to only 150 passing yards like I mentioned so I first you want to focus on stopping the run but I mean it's definitely a team that I said it's going to beat you through the air and it's going to be tough this is not a Utah I don't expect them to hold UCLA to I think they held Oregon State to 17 points last week Utah did I, that's not going to be the case this week I think this DTR Chip Kelly this offense is too good even if with the offensive line which is a little banged up this is a Utah defense that last week against the Beavers and credit to the beavers they return five starters along the offensive line that's a really good offensive line as well Struggled to create pressure so i'm interested to see how they do kind of try to get in there and rattle dtr which as i mentioned last time and you you did a good job highlighting it too totally different dtr from three years ago basically think about how much things have changed from three years ago just in general so he is a guy i expect to be able to handle that pressure a little bit better even if utah is able to get it
0: yeah and generating pressure on dtr can get him off his spots, get him out of rhythm and force him to to create turnovers from time to time. And this is a very opportunistic Utah secondary. Clark Phillips, of course, three interceptions a week ago. He he was outstanding. But I I think there's one caveat in there with regards to pressuring DTR I want to touch on after I remind you all that this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football this Season, you can go and bet player props for anybody that you can find in this game or any other in the Pac-12. You could bet DTR over or under passing yards, Zach Charbonnet over under rushing yards. Same goes for Cam Rising, Tavion Thomas or anybody else you could want. To find. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team. Could be your team, could be somebody else's, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game while you watch your team battle it out on the gridiron. Sign up with promo code LOCKEDON, one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. You deposit $100, you get $100 free. Go to UnderdogFantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on, one word, to get in on the college football pick 'em action today. So, JT, the thing about rushing DTR is. If you blitz them with a a linebacker or you bring five or six guys, you can leave your defense in one-on-one situations, and UCLA's got some good athletes, and DTR's chemistry with these receivers, Jake Bobo among them, is certainly uh, something that the Utes have to worry about. But the other thing, too, is when in in those infrequent moments, because UCLA's offensive line is is pretty good, I expect them to be able to hold up at least respectably here this Saturday. When you blitz DTR, you have to rush with discipline. If you just pin your ears back, go after him, and you lose your rush lanes, and you allow him to break, contain, you're toast as a defense.
1: Yeah, 100%. As you mentioned, I mean, just said, we talked about what a phenomenal athlete D.T.R. is, and that's one thing you can have everyone covered on the outside. You can think you have him trapped in the pocket, and then one guy misses or makes a mistake, over pursues as you kind of mentioned, and then boom, D.T.R. is in the open field, scrambling for a first down. It's one of those things when you have such an electric athlete and a mobile quarterback that is hard to game player game plan for and hard to stop as well. And I'll be interested to kind of see if it is, if that's going to be Corinne Reed. They asked to spy a little bit, if it's going to be Mohamed Diabate, who had a very up and down game last week when it's good, it's good. He had four tackles for a loss, four of his six tackles were tackles for loss, but a couple of times as well, where he overpursued, put himself in some bad situations there, but he's a phenomenal athlete. And I think someone the kid track down and stay with DTR, although I mean, hey, DTR could definitely break a few tackles as we've talked about a couple of times on this one. So it's going to be fun to see how this Utah team goes about it. They've done a good job as well, just bringing some exotic pressures, mixing it up, whether it's overloading. They'll show seven guys that have the potential to blitz and then they'll bail almost all of them out on the right side and they'll bring everyone from the left side. So it's really hard for an offensive line to keep track of and contain that pressure as well. And that's something that UCLA has watched on film. So I'm sure they're ready for that and have things in place if Utah does throw those exotic things at them, which they're going to to be ready for it. But even if it's linebackers blitzing through the middle, but as you mentioned too, you, better get home and you better get home quick. Cause Dorian Thompson Robinson can absolutely beat you with his arm this time around.
0: Yeah. And I think Washington saw the full package of DTR a week ago, right? It was kind of the, the best of Dorian Thompson Robinson because as UCLA's quarterback in a chip Kelly offense, you have to be able at least at some level to present a dual threat. And he did that in a major way. He had critical runs late as they were icing the clock he made a lot of great throws. They're explosive in the passing game too, JT. And the last thing I want to ask you about before we, we flip sides of the ball and talk about Utah's offense against the Bruins defense is I think the most intriguing matchup one on one is Jake Bobo and Clark Phillips. Do you expect Phillips to shadow Bobo's coming off his best, most explosive game so far as as a UCLA wide receiver? He transferred in from Duke this offseason. And You know, DTR lost his top two targets from a year ago and Kyle Phillips and Greg Dulcich, but he seems to have found a lot of chemistry, most notably with number nine. Is that a situation? Is Utah's defense in a position where Phillips can just shadow Jake Bobo and try to take him out of the game?
1: I think they trust their guys like JT Broughton, Zemaya Vaughn enough where I don't expect that to be the case early. Now, if Bobo makes a couple of plays. I think we could see that change. But uh, JT Broughton has been really good in coverage this year as well. In fact, he's actually only gets targeted a lot, I feel like, just because teams don't want to throw at Clark Phillips. And we saw last week against Oregon State what happens when you do decide to throw at Clark Phillips currently leads all of, I believe, FBS, honestly, not even just. He does. And yep. So yep. So yep. He's got four. Yeah, four. It's been a phenomenal year for him so far. Living up to the hype is one of the best corner prospects to ever commit to. Utah has been outstanding, but I don't expect him to start shadowing him, but I think that will be a great matchup, because they're definitely going to be matched up a lot, and I think that'd be a pretty quick adjustment by the Utes. Also, Bobo is by far and away the best receiver that, utah has played this year so that's where i'm interested to see when you do deal with kind of that elite true number one receiver if this team decides to use clark phillips in that way because even you look at florida it's not like there's any there there's good receivers there but there's none that it's like oh my gosh this one guy we got to stop and like you mentioned the bruins have other good guys as well but bobo is kind of a cut above so i don't expect them to come out and start with that but i wouldn't be surprised if even on like let's say bobo has two catches for first downs on the first drive and then right from there it's like all right clark go go shadow him, run around because this utah team understands how special they are they have a guy like that coming back in the secondary, and he's been everything as advertised this year, and he's not the biggest guy either. Like He's only like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, but man, he just plays larger than life, and he's so strong too. That's the other thing that surprises, but one of the hardest workers in the room has had a phenomenal season so far for the Utes, and I do expect that to continue, continue against UCLA, even though I think Bobo will still win a couple of balls. I think at the end, when Clark Phillips is matched up with Bobo, I think after the game's over, we'll be like, yeah, Clark still won that matchup.
0: Phillips is such a twitchy athlete. He's got explosive speed, really quick feet, great hip movement. I mean, he does a lot of things right that's got to have NFL scouts drooling. I mean, you talk about a, a starting nickel or dime back at, at the next level. It doesn't have the size probably to play on the outside, but line him up and put him in the slot, and, and that guy will be able to play in, uh, in the National Football League for sure. Another interesting facet of that particular matchup is the differing styles that those two have, right? Phillips, a little smaller, quicker, twitchier. Bobo, bigger, physical, has some speed, but that's not what he's known for. And I wonder how UCLA tries to get him the ball in those situations. I wonder if they trust him in a, a one-on-one fade that they tried but didn't execute a week ago against Washington, was not a good throw from Dorian Thompson-Robinson. But I wonder if they trust those sorts of matchups in the red zone because Bobo is a big physical player wide receiver. And that's the sort of presence that he brings. Let's go to the other side of the ball, JT, and talk about the Utah offense. And you talked about their their struggles running the football. And does that worry you against a UCLA defense that has been porous at times this year, but against the run, they've been pretty stout?
1: I think this is the week the Utah rushing attack gets on track. I know they've held teams to 80 yards rushing on the season UCLA has, but when I just look at the non-conference schedule and some of the other teams, even they played more recently, they've yet to play a really strong rushing attack and i do think this utah team is going to be motivated to get going it's still a utah team that's averaging 200 yards on the ground a game i think one of the reasons utah like and one of the reasons that is is because cam's also been doing a good job getting it done with his legs and you want to talk about two complete opposite styles of running as well i think that's cam rising versus dtr as well Cam, a guy you look at his touchdown last week versus oregon state able to shake two guys off and still power his way into the end zone he is not and cam i think cam actually does have one hurdle last season i think but ain't no way he's getting up like dtr did last week so it will be interesting to see how cam kind of incorporates and i think utah's gonna you go to the quarterback run a lot because of the success they had with it last week but i really think tavion thomas dealt with some things his aunt passed away recently and i think he's starting to come back with the team and really kind of get like just things are starting to click again for him i'll say in that regard as well coach winningham called out the offensive line as soon as the game ended versus oregon state which usually you see coach wit and most coaches like wait till they watch the film but he's just like yeah we're not doing a good job getting to the second level so it was just like dang like <laughs> i think they've been drilling it into these guys head that they want them to do a good job find that success and like I said I just think some of that 80 yards rushing is a little bit of fool's gold because they haven't played a really strong rushing team and really held them in check so I think this motivated Utah team top of Tavion Thomas uh, Tavion Thomas had one of his best games of the season last year versus UCLA ran for four touchdowns in that one I'm not expecting four touchdowns in Pasadena but I, I do think that this Utah rushing tech gets on track and I think we'll see that one two kind of punch of Tavion Thomas and Makai Bernard who Bernard's been a little nicked up as well but I think he's going to be okay he's still going to play coming into this one and you know he's been nicked up still made a couple of fantastic plays last week so as i mentioned i really expect havion to get on track i think we'll see him go back over 100 yards again and find the end zone something he hasn't done in two weeks and he was actually closing in on most consecutive games with a rushing touchdown until he lost that versus arizona state and couldn't find the end zone again versus oregon state so you factor in that motivated offensive line i think the utah running backs as well have a good one and just when you're kind of falling asleep i think that's when cam will kind of try to beat you on the outside as well with his legs
0: one area that UCLA's defense had success in a week ago was generating pressure and making Michael Penix look very much unlike the player he he had shown himself to be capable of through the first four weeks of, of the season. And Latu's a guy for UCLA who just wreaks havoc. You can line him up on the edge, inside, stand up, four down, like whatever you want to do with him. And, and UCLA's new defense coordinator, Bill McGovern, had to have been thrilled with how he and the rest of that front seven played a week ago. But you're right. Washington is not a team that wants to run the ball a lot. They want to throw it. And they're you know, very clear in that identity. And UCLA was ready for it. They picked him off twice. They generated pressure, which hadn't happened through the first four weeks uh, of the season. How do you think that Utah offensive line that you uh, mentioned with with regards to Coach Whittingham kind of calling them out in the running game has held up in, in pass protection? And What do you see as as the biggest challenge for them this week going up against UCLA?
1: Well, like you mentioned, they've been... The, there's a challenge here with UCLA because of what they have up front, and it's more of a challenge I feel like even than Oregon State presented last week. And when you're looking at this Utah team, they've actually they have done a good job protecting Cam overall. Yeah, they have given up I believe it's two sacks on the season so far, but still Cam's been kept pretty clean. Got hit a couple times, but I do think this team has held up well in pass protection. I think part of that is Cam doing a good job getting the ball out quicker, distributing it quicker. Cam's Cam's improved a lot, which I think has really helped this offensive line improve in pass protection as well. Rather than kind of hold on onto the ball for a little too long long. So I do expect this group to be able to hold up all right that being said I think cam will get sacked at least twice in this game I just think the Bruins as you mentioned are going to be able to create some of that havoc and this is still a Utah offensive line you got a guy who's playing right tackle in Satawa Laumea who's a guard the last couple of years for the youths and they're just trying to get their best offensive lineman out there their best five guys out there so they kick him out to tackle and there's been a couple of growing pains there as well and you get guys who you know kind of lock on a little bit struggle with twists as well so there's definitely exotic things you can do against this Utah offensive line that they can be had but I do feel like Overall, they're going to do a, a solid job protecting Cam, and Cam's another guy as well. He obviously throws much better with a cleaner pocket, and he's not as comfortable throwing on the move, so it's going to be essential for Utes to really get that play-action game going to kind of suck the linebackers in as well and kind of keep that, that Bruins defense on their heels a little bit, We're trying to figure out if it's a or pass, and I think that would really help, because I do think if this becomes a thing where Utah falls behind by 10 points and they just have to drop back every time, that's where I think we could really see this Bruins pass rush start to feast.
0: Let's get to our game predictions now for what is unquestionably the, the biggest game of the week in the Pac-12. It's getting a, a good deal of national buzz as well. I believe it's on Fox if uh, if yes. memory serves. Uh and ho- so hopefully UCLA and maybe some Utah fans show up to the Rose Bowl as much as they can. It, you know, it's a huge stadium larger than what UCLA can clearly fill on a, a regular basis, but when you have a nationally televised game like that and it's a big matchup and UCLA's hot and Utah's really good, You'd like to see just optically a, a mostly full Rose Bowl stadium down there. I, I Do you suspect some some youth, youth fans are going to go down? Because it's not it's not that far to go from if you're going to Pasadena, the closest airport is probably either Orange County or LAX. And I got to imagine Salt Lake City's got a direct flight down there. Do you do you think there will be a good number of youth fans? I do think there will be a good number of youth fans.
1: Obviously, not what there was at the Rose Bowl. I think no, almost, no. the entire state of Utah came out to that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think and not only do I think Utah fans will show up well, but Cam Rising, I think his um, hometown's only, I think, 90 miles away. I saw he and he said he's expecting a ton of family to come out for the game. So I think there is going to be a large portion of Utah fans who show up for this one. And like you said, too, hopefully there's just like at least a couple like sections where the camera can like frame it and look like here. See, this is a crowd. We have people here. because yeah. it's not going to be full, but just. Need yeah, something.
0: I mean, you could still get, you know, 50, 60,000 into the Rose Bowl yeah. and and not have not have it be even close to to all the way full but if cam's got his family coming hopefully it's a family of several several thousand and such but let's get to our our game predictions now jt and coming into this year i thought this would be the season where ucla finally got over the hump and and beat the utes and i think it's the best ucla team that they've had the defense hasn't been perfect but they showed me a lot last week against washington and they're back at home playing on the same field, I think there is something to that when you have a really good game and you get to come out and go through the same kind of game day routine, same look of the stadium and everything. I'm sticking with it. They're certainly in my Pac-12 prime picks at plus four, but I think UCLA is going to, I guess, pull the upset is oh. what is what you would call it here. They're in the top 20. The Utes are in the top 15. I think this is a pretty high-scoring game, Because I think UCLA's offense is in a really good place, and DTR is just a tough guy to stop. But the Utes still know how to move the ball. They still know how to score points, and UCLA's defense is not perfect. They're a little opportunistic, as they showed a week ago. But I'm, I'm taking UCLA 38, Utah 35.
1: Oh, I like it. That's actually the, almost the exact score. I think Zach predicted uh, yesterday host of the locked on Bruins as well. So aligned on the locked on channel, but I'm going to differ a little bit. I'm of course going to roll with the Utes in this one. Look, Kyle Whittingham has had ship Kelly's number in the past. Morgan Scalley has done a phenomenal job out scheming and just confusing this Bruins team for a couple of years now. And I do think True. that's going to continue. And, but like you mentioned, the talent level for the Bruins, but with guys like Charbonnet, of course, coming back and he's a guy we didn't talk about even a ton. I think he is just a phenomenal back. He's one of so
0: the- good. 12, yeah. That's an NFL running back right there.
1: 100%, 100%. A guy who can truly do it both versus a Tavion Thomas could really just run the ball effectively. Charbonnet can do it in between the tackles and outside as well. But for this one, yeah, like I said, I got to roll with the Utes still. I just I trust in Cam Rising. This team is motivated to get back to Pasadena, as I mentioned after what happened last year. I think Cam Rising is going to have another really good game. He's starting to really figure out that chemistry with Devon Vale. They've been con- connecting and growing that as well. I think Dalton Kincaid is going to have another nice game. As I mentioned, the Utah rushing attack, finally gets going here. And while the Bruins do have success moving the ball, one late turnover by DTR, whether it's a fumble or just a tough interception, ends up being the difference and closes the door on a Bruins comeback. I think this Utah offense starts hot and they don't look back from there. I have the Utes picking up a huge win that hopefully secures college game day next week. I have the Utes 36 to 24 over the Bruins.
0: That is a great point. If Utah wins this game, Game day could be going to Salt Lake City. That That is so possible because USC is at home against Washington State. And th- there's some trap game potential. Talked about that on yesterday's show for sure. But I think what you'll see is Washington State hang around for a little and USC pull away at the end. And if you've got one loss, Utah sitting right outside the top 10 as they are right now, I believe they're number 11, and you never yep. know what's going to happen in college football this week, and you're going to have undefeated top 10 USC Boy, that'd be enticing and gosh, it'd be a great thing for the Pac-12 to get to get game day out there, even if USC is involved, who's leaving in a couple of years. But let's transition now into our uh, our Pac-12 prime picks. I, I guess they're just my picks, but I'm always curious as to other people's thoughts of whether or not I'm foolish or, or not. My favorite pick of last week hit Washington State minus four. They rolled Cal uh, up in Pullman, but the other two picks did not deliver. Thankfully, I can't be sucked into betting Colorado this week because they're on a buy and just yikes everything about that is yikes i i like ucla outright so i'm of course going to take them plus four here at home but the next game that that i like jt whether or not chance nolan plays is not affecting my confidence level in oregon state minus seven at stanford i know they're on the road i've got them winning by more than a touchdown here and i, I need them to for that pick to hit but stanford can't stop Anybody on defense, they especially can't stop the run. Oregon absolutely obliterated that. Over 300 rushing yards a week ago. Granted, that was in Autzen Stadium, and you probably have some more explosive athletes, particularly the quarterback position with Oregon than you do at Oregon State. But let's not discount the Beavs running game here, because you mentioned it earlier in the show. That's an Oregon State offensive line that returns five starters from a, a season ago. They want to run the ball first and foremost, and they are a good offensive line. And I don't think Stanford's going to be able to stop them. So even if Golberson is starting at quarterback for, for Jonathan Smith this weekend, I just don't see how Stanford's able to get enough stops, and I don't trust this Stanford offense.
1: And I think Goluberson as well made a couple mistakes that you just won't make next week. His interception in the red zone against Utah that R.J. Hubert ended up picking up. The first one, I guess he threw the later interception to Clark Phillips as well, but completely just stared down his receiver. You just can't do yeah. that. Allowed Hubert to fly over easy pick, but that's something you watch on film and you're like, oh, I can't do that. He'll be in that same situation this week. And remember back to what happened the last time he stared someone down and do a better job going through his progression. But this is an Oregon State team that made it into the red zone five times versus what I would still consider a really good Utah defense. And now they weren't really. A to make a game because utah really buckled up and had an elite red zone defense there in those five red zone trips in total the beavers scored nine points i believe they had to settle for three field goals but looking at this one i mean i think this is you talked about stanford's defensive deficiencies like when they get in the red zone the oregon state they're going to be able to punch those in and because of that i do think they're going to win yeah it's just the cardinal just a lot of stuff going on there at stanford right now so I, i agree with you there i'm gonna i would roll with oregon state too
0: yeah, and I would like it more if it were six and a half rather rather than seven. But I really think you have the potential for Oregon State to win by 17 to 20. And you're, you're fortifying my beliefs there with with your callbacks to last week's game in Salt Lake City. Oregon State moved the ball on the road against that Utah defense. Right. But they just couldn't execute in the red zone and they couldn't because they got down there. They tried to run the football and Utah's defense w- was able to, to hold firm. Right. And then Golberson threw a bad interception. OK, like I, I understand that the second one was an incredible play by Clark Phillips. Exactly. It was not that poorly of a thrown ball. Phillips just huh. kind of read it all the way and put himself in a perfect, perfect position. But coming against the Stanford team, I expect Oregon State to be able to get in the red zone. Right. We know we know they're going to be able to move the ball because they did. So even with Golberson against Utah, which is a vastly superior. I mean, their defense is another stratosphere compared yeah. to Stanford so far this year. And when they get in the red zone, they're not going to be forced to throw the ball. They're going to be able to run, to to have a run first approach once they get inside the 20. And I don't think Stanford's going to be able to, to stop that. Last one I like, and I was monitoring this line, but it came down under two touchdowns. I think Washington's in a great bounce back spot here. I... I'm not selling my Husky stock after last week's game against UCLA. It was their first road game of the year. You got UCLA on a really good night. Michael Penix threw two interceptions. I don't see that happening again. Now, Arizona State's defense has at least one interception in every week this season, but I don't think this ASU offense is is anything spectacular. I think the Washington defense is going to be extra motivated after allowing 40 points to UCLA in, in three quarters. They held them in the fourth, but... It's always different once you have a, a big lead there. I, I think this is a prime bounce back spot for Washington. And I don't even have to give up two full touchdowns with the extra points in there. It's 13 and a half. I'll take Washington to win and cover.
1: You know, when you mentioned the interception stat, I kind of stopped for a second. I was like, I don't think they picked off the youths, But then I remember they actually did. They just couldn't do anything with it. And that's kind of been the story all season right. four. Arizona State offense. They've been able, like you said, get one or two turnovers, but then the offense can't do anything with it. There's a lot of struggles down there right now. And because of that, I feel the exact same way. Huskies are going to be fine. Michael Penix has been outstanding, of course, and was still really good outside of those turnovers versus the Bruins. And once again, all we've done this show is talk about how good this UCLA team is. So it's not a bad loss. I totally agree with you. I think the Huskies bounce back. I think Sean Agueno and the rest of the Sun Devils are still trying to figure things out down there. It's just, it's going to be a tough year for Arizona State, as we know. And this Huskies team, I think they're motivated and hungry for a bounce back after a loss last week and as you mentioned as well your first first road games always a little bit challenging kind of mm-hmm. getting that envi- even if you're not just it's not wasn't really a hostile environment last week as we've talked about a lot on this show but still playing on the road some of those routine things all different and it is different when you're sleeping in a hotel bed versus your own as well just in terms of preparation and everything that goes on during a day so everyone wants to be at home obviously so i do think this huskies team is ready and they will roll for another win
0: yeah, and the other thing too, it's not just that last week's game was Washington's first road game of the year, where you always expect, especially in conference play, it to be a little tougher than normal. But they played unusually their first four games of the year at home. That that's not something so that I you don't see know, a lot. So I, I th- think I, th- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that raised the shock factor a little bit for being away from from Seattle. But now they have a feel for that. And I don't think Tempe is going to be rocking too hard because of the struggles of, of ASU this season and where the team is at. I think Michael Panks is going to come back out and be able to sling it all over the field, connect with with guys like McMillan and Polk and everybody else that, that they have. I don't think they need to run the ball a lot because I think you can just come out and 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 just sling it. Right. I think you, you go back to what was working before, and that was throwing the football a lot. Um, really, really quick, JT, before we get out of here. I know you like Utah on uh, on the money line right to win the game but would you take your 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 game prediction was uh, was 36-24 right so you wouldn't 100%. you wouldn't take UCLA and and the points you'd ride with the Utes there
1: 100% yes I will ride with everything hanging up in my background
0: all right i love it well the game of the week should generate uh plenty of of headlines and such hopefully the pac 12 prime picks can get back to their winning ways after one and two a week ago jt wisters still host of lockdown Utes, appreciate you coming on and all the insight you always provide and man do i look forward to that game on saturday
1: it's going to be a fun one always fun to join you as well spencer thanks for having me on
0: i appreciate everyone listening enjoy the football this weekend everybody i will see you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day